today on Adventures in Faith with Jerry Savelle. There is no man that hath left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels, but he shall receive a hundredfold in this time. Is he talking about every Christian? No, what I hear him talking about is deeply committed people who will do whatever God tells them to do, no reservations and no hesitation. If you have your Bibles in Mark chapter 6, or 10 rather, I'm not going to take the time uh, to read all of this, but I would like to encourage you to read it again, and I'm sure that most of you are familiar with it. But in here, just to uh, paraphrase some of it, a rich young ruler has asked Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus told him some things, and the Bible says, what Jesus told him, it grieved the man and he went away sad. He told him to sell what he had and give to the poor. And the man was grieved. And Jesus responded how, how hard it is for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. But he didn't say impossible. He just said it's hard because rich people, by and large, trust in their riches. Why do they need God? Okay, so that was the, the point. It's hard for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Not impossible. So I know a lot of very rich people that, that love God with all their heart. And then the disciples. Now you would have thought they would have responded like this. Peter could have turned to the rest of the disciples and said, well, boys, we got it made because we're poor. But they didn't say that. They said, well, then who can be saved? Now, you remember just before they joined Jesus' team, they were in the fishing business, Peter, James, and John, and the father, Mr. Zebedee. And the day that they left that business was the best day they'd ever had in the fishing business. They caught a boat load, a boat sinking, amen, net breaking load of fish. And they didn't eat all those fish. Amen. So they had the best day they ever had in the fishing business when they gave all that up and decided to follow Jesus. So that's why they said, well, who then can be saved? We've left all to follow thee. Okay, everybody with me now? Now let's get to verse 29. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that hath left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels, but he shall receive. Say, he shall receive. He shall receive, he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time. A hundredfold now in this time. There are other translations that say, in this, uh, uh, in this present age or at this present time. Now, I first heard a sermon on hundredfold from Kenneth Copeland 
1969. I was still living in Shreveport, Louisiana. I had just shut my automotive business down and I was preparing for full-time ministry. And Brother Copeland was now in his second visit to the church that I was attending, which was the church that Carolyn grew up in. And Brother Copeland preached from this reference on the hundredfold. And, and it got down in my spirit. Now, I was deep in debt from my business. I was in debt personally. And in the natural, there was no way to get out. I was like Charles Capps used to say, I wasn't just in debt. I was in debt supernaturally. You can't get in debt naturally that far. Okay. So I was deep in debt. And, and, and I've always been a giver, even though I didn't know, you know, basic giving scriptures from the Bible. My dad was a giver. My grandfather was a giver. And uh, uh, I, it, it, giving was not an issue with me. Now, when I went in the ministry, it was harder for me to receive than it was for me to give because my dad taught me how to work. And, and I didn't want anybody giving me anything. If I couldn't earn it with my own hands, I didn't want it. That's just the way I was raised, okay? And, uh, but I didn't have any problem giving if I knew there was somebody in need and I had the ability to meet that need. It didn't bother me about giving at all. But now we're, we're, we're preparing for full-time ministry. I've shut my business down. I have no income. And it wasn't like I had this huge savings account that I could depend on. I didn't. I'm, I'm, I'm believing God for food on our table. In fact, uh, Brother Roberts came out, Oral Roberts came out that same year with a, with a, a, a bumper sticker, expect a miracle. I didn't put it on the bumper because my bumper fell off. I put it on the refrigerator because every time you went to the refrigerator, you did what that sign said, expect a miracle. You know? And uh, so that's the condition we were in. And then Brother Copeland preaches this message about the hundredfold. And boy, I, I grabbed hold of it. And so I had begun tithing. I had begun, you know, giving as I could when I saw there was a need. And so I said, well, Lord, I'm doing this. Am I entitled to a hundredfold? And then I said this to him. I said, Lord, tenfold wouldn't help me. I said, thirtyfold wouldn't help me. Sixtyfold. And the Bible talks about 30, 60, and a hundredfold. I said, even sixtyfold wouldn't help me. It'll take a hundredfold. Now, at that time, I assumed that the word hundredfold meant hundred times because that's what a lot of other translations say, a hundred times. So I said, well, Lord, a uh, hundred times what I've given would certainly help me and it'd go a long ways to help me get out of debt. So I like to say it this way, I was forced to believe for a hundredfold because <laughs> Anything less wouldn't help me. And it began to happen. Not overnight. Didn't happen, you know, every day, but it began to happen. And, he, and, and in a supernatural amount of time, we were out of debt, praise God. We paid off all the business debts and, and uh, most of our uh, uh, personal debts. 
And, and, and it came by believing for a hundredfold return. Now, over the period of the course of years, or a period, uh, the course of a number of years, I've been challenged so many times about the hundredfold. And so finally, I said, Lord, did you really mean this? A hundredfold. And then he said, in this time? Now, let me, let me give you some scripture references to determine whether Jesus really meant what he said here. Of course, first of all, it's in red. Amen. First of all, it's in red. If you can't, uh, Jesse said, if you can't believe the red, what, what can you believe? Okay, so that's an indication that Jesus said it. But let me ask you this. Do you suppose Jesus really meant that? A hundredfold in this time or in this present age. All right. John 7, 17 or John 7, 16. Jesus answered and said, my doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. So Jesus is telling them, if you hear it come out of my mouth, it didn't come from me. It came from my father. Can you believe what God says? Let's get another verse. John 8, 28. I do nothing of myself, but as my father hath taught me, I speak those things. Notice once again, Jesus said, if you hear it come out of my mouth, it wasn't from me. It was from my father. Can you say amen to that? Amen. So would you agree that what he just said, he shall receive a hundredfold in this time, apparently was inspired by God? If you can't agree with that, you're not listening. Okay, let me try this side of the auditorium. If you can't agree with that, then you're not listening to what Jesus has already told us. That everything that came out of his mouth was inspired by God. Are you still with me? I know. Right, let's, let's look at a couple other verses. John chapter 12, verse 49. The father which sent me, he gave me what I should say and what I should speak. The father. The father gave this to me. It's the father who told me to say this. It's God breathed, God inspired. Can you say amen? amen. So what's the argument? Just because you hadn't seen it happen? Or just because you haven't believed for it? Amen. So you can't argue that Jesus didn't really mean that. If he didn't mean it, he would have never said it because everything he said, he got from the father. Are you still here? Now the Bible says in Numbers chapter 23, verse 19, God is not a man that he should lie. 
The apostle Paul agrees with that statement and says in Titus chapter one, verse two, God cannot lie. Hebrews chapter six, verse 18, it is impossible for God to lie. So if Jesus said in this present age or in this time, and it's inspired by God and everything Jesus said came from the father, then we can say he meant what he said. Look at your neighbor and say, he meant what he said. Amen. Amen. Now the Passion Translation uses this phrase, in this lifetime. Now I, I want to present it to you this way. If it doesn't happen in our lifetime, it's going to happen in somebody's lifetime. And I don't see anywhere where it says, and when you get to heaven, you can expect a hundredfold. What in the world am I going to do with a hundredfold on my giving in heaven? Amen. I'm not going to need anything up there. I need the hundredfold down here. Can you say amen? amen? So if it's not going to happen in my lifetime, it's got to happen in somebody's lifetime or what Jesus said is not true. That's right. But we know he said, I am the truth. So it's true. Well, if it's going to happen in somebody's lifetime, why can't it happen in my lifetime? I choose to receive that it's going to happen in my lifetime. Not only that, I've had it happen many times. Now, here's what the Lord told me. Years ago, when I was challenged by a lot of preachers about preaching the hundredfold, he said, from now on, when you read this verse, refer to the hundredfold as the maximum or the highest level attainable. The maximum or the highest level attainable. Amen. See, that, 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 doesn't, uh, that doesn't mess with your mind like hundred times. <laughs> Amen. So the, I, I want to encourage you, don't, don't struggle with hundredfold or hundred times. Just think of it as the maximum and the highest level attainable. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I heard the Lord say, if it's present time, then why can't it happen in 2023? Amen. Maximum. Anybody could use maximum? Yes. yes. Could anybody use the highest level attainable? Hallelujah. Then lift your hands and say, Lord, I receive it. Praise God. I receive it. Amen. Years ago, and I, I've shared this before, uh, and I'm not going to take as long as perhaps I have in the past in talking about it. But in 1981 in Charlotte, North Carolina, on a Thursday afternoon, I had a supernatural visitation of the Lord. I didn't know it was going to happen. I didn't ask for it. Uh, I was in my hotel room with Carolyn. We just finished an afternoon service with the Believers Convention there with Brother Copeland. And I sat down in the living room. Carolyn went in the bedroom to take a nap. And I sat down on the sofa and I'd just taken my suit off, put my robe on. I was just going to relax until time for the evening service. And suddenly the Shekinah glory of God filled that room. I could not even see the furniture anymore. And the Lord appeared and he said to me, my people are in financial famine. And I'm going to reveal to you the keys that will bring them out. 
And so I had a legal pad right there on the table next to the sofa and I grabbed it and started writing everything the Lord said to me. I filled up that legal pad. It seemed like he was there for hours because I filled up a legal pad, but he was only there for moments, which led me to know Jesus can say more in a few moments than most preachers can in a lifetime. <laughs> Amen. And so I wrote it all down. And before, before it all, before that Shekinah glory lifted, Carolyn came in the, in the living room. She said, what's going on in here? I said, I just had a divine appearance of the Lord. Now, I've had a lot of people ask me when they get, when I get to that part, they would say, what did he look like? And I always say, you know, I was more interested in what he had to say than what he looked like. Because what he said changed my life. And Carolyn said, what did he say? And so I read to her everything on that legal pad. She said, are you going to tell Brother Copeland about this tonight? I said, no. She said, why not? I said, well, he and I have worked together long enough. He'll pick it up in the spirit. I won't have to say anything. So we got over to the meeting that night and Gloria, uh, Carolyn's sitting next to Gloria and then me and then uh, Charles and Peggy Caps and Norville Hayes. Brother Copeland got up to sing a couple of songs and then he got ready to preach and he put his Bible down and said, open your Bibles. And he didn't tell us where. And he just stood there looking at his like this. In a little while, he looked up and said again, open your Bibles. He still didn't tell us where. Finally, he shut his. He said, Jerry, God visited you today. Come tell us what he said. <laughs> and so I went up there and I preached a message that I entitled Sowing in Famine. Sowing in Famine. And the Lord had told me before going over to the service, he said, now your ministry is in financial famine as well. And he said, I want you to go to the meeting tonight and take 10 checks representing the 10 departments of your ministry or 10 outreaches of your ministry and write a check from each one of them for $1,000. And Carolyn and I were getting ready to build our, our new home. And he said, and take 1,000 out of your personal account and so it is well. Now, I thought I would do that in the speaker's room after the service. And, and so I had the checks made out. Somebody said, well, I thought your ministry is in financial famine. It was. Well, if you could write $10,000, $1,000 each, I don't call that famine. I do if you needed hundreds of thousands in each one of those outreaches. And in some of those accounts is the last $1,000 I had. So I was in famine. And, and I'm about to preach and act on what the Lord showed me in that appearance. And so I preached that message that night and the anointing of God was so strong. I don't think I'd ever been in a service where the anointing was that strong up to that point. It was so powerful. People responded to it. It, it was amazing. And then I turned to Brother Copeland and I said, now my ministry is in financial famine but God just showed me today how to get out. And I'm, I'm sowing this into your ministry. And I gave him 10 $1,000 checks from the ministry and a $1,000 personal check from Carolyn and I. The next week, I was in Tulsa with Brother Hagen. Brother Hagen was not in that meeting. They in Charlotte. 
And I'm in the meeting with Brother Hagin. And the first night, Brother Hagin says, uh, Brother Jerry, come up here. The Lord's told me to do something. Now, I had sewn $1,000 out of my aviation account. Okay? I'd given my airplane away several months before, but I'm believing uh, for another airplane, but I didn't have enough money to pay. I wasn't even close to have enough money to pay cash. And I don't borrow money. And, and Brother Hagin said, Brother Jerry, come up here. I'm going to do something uh, the Lord told me to do. I'm about to sow one of the largest seeds I've ever sown. He said, I'm giving you my airplane. And at that time, that airplane was worth about a quarter of a million dollars. So I sowed a $1,000 seed and reaped the next week a quarter of a million dollar airplane. Now let's remember, if you read Genesis chapter 26, where Isaac sowed in famine, the Bible clearly says, and he reaped a hundredfold in the same year. And the Lord told me to tell the people that night, if you will respond, if you're in financial famine, if you will do what Isaac did, you will reap a hundredfold in the same year. And this is October. Amen. We've only got a couple of months away from the end of the year. But the next week, I've already reaped a hundredfold on that aviation seed. The next night, a couple came to me in that same meeting and said, uh, before we ever left home, God told us that you would be here and he told us to put $100,000 in your television ministry. I gave 1000 out of the television ministry and I reaped 100000 the next night. Before December the 31st, I had reaped 100 times on every seed that I had sowed in October. Okay? Now, when people tell me this doesn't work, he didn't really mean that. They've come too late. That's it. That, I've had it happen many times. Amen. Many times. Amen. Amen. Now, to help you get past hundredfold and hundred times, just think maximum and highest level attainable. Yes. Maximum and highest level attainable. Because that's really what hundredfold means. It's the maximum. It's the highest level attainable. How many of you could use that this year? Yeah. Amen. Well, why don't you dare believe for it? Yeah. Say it with me. This is my year yeah. for the maximum yeah. and for the highest level attainable. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Now, um, let's, let's look at this very carefully and make sure we understand who qualifies for this. Yeah. Will every Christian experience a hundred, uh, a hundredfold? Will every Christian experience maximum and highest level attainable in 2023? I wish that was true, but no, it's not. Amen. Just being a Christian doesn't qualify you. That's right. I got one that's right from Tony and he, he's with me. Amen. That's, that's not what I see in the qualifications here for the hundredfold, for the maximum, the highest level attainable. In the New Living Translation, I like this. It says, I assure you, I assure you. 
Now let's read verse 30 once again, or verse 29. There is no man that hath left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels, but he shall receive a hundredfold in this time. Is he talking about every Christian? No, what I hear him talking about is deeply committed people who will do whatever God tells them to do, no reservations and no hesitation. Amen. And that's, that doesn't uh, uh, define every Christian. Amen. We're talking about, we're not talking about a one-time thing in your life. I'm going to give a thousand dollars and I'm believing for a hundredfold. No, we're talking lifestyle. Look at your neighbor say lifestyle. Are you ready to remove lack and break free from financial bondage? It's time to move to a higher level of God's blessing and goodness. Today's faith-filled offer, Maximizing Your Harvest Special Package, contains Jerry Savelle's inspiring book, Life of Faith, his mini-book, Sowing in Famine, and his eye-opening three-part audio series, Maximizing Your Harvest. Learn the keys to receiving the most out of your sowing and discover how God has plans to prosper you. In this package, Jerry teaches how to hold fast to your faith, how to identify financial bondage, how to remove lack, and what produces maximum blessing. Don't delay. Call or go online now to jerrysavelle.org and request your copy of the Maximizing Your Harvest special package. Don't just look at your seed. Look at what your seed can produce. Now is the time to trust God's Word and watch your seed produce a maximum harvest. Thank you so very much for joining me today. We appreciate you watching and we trust that the lessons that you have been listening to and observing today have been a tremendous blessing to your life. You know, God wants you to experience maximum results in every way, in every way possible, and particularly in your harvest. God wants you to experience His absolute best. You know, the Bible talks about 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. I believe 100-fold represents God's best. It's God's maximum, and that's what He wants you to experience. To help you reach that goal, we have put together a very special resource package for you. And one of the packages or one of the uh, resources in that package is my book entitled Sowing in Famine. I wrote this book way back in 1981, and it has some of the most powerful truths you will ever read in your life. This book has gone around the world. It has helped people throughout the nations. We're still getting testimonies today on what this book has done for multitudes of people all over the world, sowing in famine. And then also a three-part series entitled Maximize Your Harvest. Once again, God wants you to receive and experience the hundredfold, maximum, the highest level attainable. This will tell you how to obtain that goal. And then it all is hinges on learning to live the life of faith. That's my book, Life of Faith. God wants you to live by faith. He wants you to experience what faith is, is called to experience. And that is, the Bible says, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Your faith will overcome every obstacle, every adversity, every attack of the enemy. You need to learn how to operate in faith, 
how to stay in faith, and how to grow your faith. This book will teach you how. If you like these resources, just look at the screen right now or go to our website, jerrysavelle.org, and it'll give you all the information on ordering it. And as soon as we receive your order, we'll send it to you just as quickly as we possibly can. Join with me again next week as we continue this study on maximizing your harvest. I look forward to seeing you then.